It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my ball. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. I am irrationally excited for my hottest take of the day coming up at 6.40. It's going to be the best hot take I've ever given. But that's only because every hot take that I give is the most current hot take, and because it's the most current hot take, it's the best hot take I've ever given. I'm a prisoner of the moment as it relates to my own hot take. 6.40, coming up at 6.20, we got Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. The Penguins won last night, but they played like ass for the most part. Phil Kessel's line was okay. Malkin played well. Eh... They play like that tomorrow, they're going to get their ass kicked. But every time I want to talk about hockey, every time I want to toot my own horn, every time I want to get into something that I find actually interesting, I fall right back on this Le'Veon Bell topic. A topic that I can't get fired up about until now because I have seen a new tweet that actually does make me fall on one side of the ledger. I'll read you the tweet and you tell me which side you think I've fallen on. Tom, Brian, get ready. NFL research tweets, Le'Veon Bell has averaged more scrimmage yards per game, 129.0, than any other player in NFL history in his first five seasons. Minimum 50 games. Le'Veon quote tweeted it and said, LOL, what more I gotta do to be wanted? Which side am I gonna come down now on, Tom? Uh, now you're gonna switch over to the Steelers side. Brian? Steelers side. Everything inside of me right now is telling me to go full contrarian just because you both said that. But of course you got to go with the Steelers now. Le'Veon, this is not about being wanted. They want you. They would like to pay you more than any running back has ever been paid. They just don't want to pay you what you want. I understand where the Steelers are coming from. I understand where Le'Veon Bell's coming from. To a point. And now I'm falling on the Team Benz. That wily vampire bastard. For a guy who never sleeps, he makes a lot of sense. Le'Veon, what the hell are you tweeting out? What more I gotta do to be wanted? They want you. They want to pay you more than any running back ever. They just don't want to pay you what you want to be paid. And I understand you wanting that. That doesn't change for me. I get where you're coming from there. But stop poking the gosh darn bear. Stop making it so easy to not like you. Please. Please. We all love Joe Rokicki, former producer of the Crowley Show, now producer of the DVE Morning Show. Hopefully they removed that interim title. Guy deserves it. Guy deserves to be paid. Guy deserves to make money. Guy deserves to excel because he's very good at his job. But Joe Rokicki in college used to ask women out by corny things. We talked about this on Friday. He bought a box of s'mores and walked up to a girl and said, you want to hang out some more? I know him. I love him. That makes me like him more. But to the people who don't know him, all that does is make him look like a creepy-ass weirdo. 
He made it very easy for people not to like him. In high school, I talked constantly in class, and I was funny to me. But I was probably not funny to everyone. Crowley, shut the bleep up. Crowley, shut the hell up. Stop it. You're hurting your own cause here. I made it very easy to be disliked. I always came from a point of, I'd like to entertain my classmates because, my God, this crusty old teacher ain't. Joe was only trying to be cute. But what we did in those circumstances is not take inventory of what we were saying and how other people perceived it. Le'Veon Bell doesn't want anything different than what all of us want. And that's to be acknowledged. And that's to be paid what we think we deserve. But there's a better way to go about it. There's a way to go about it where you don't come off looking like a colossal jackass. In Le'Veon, I've been firmly in team. This guy gets to get paid whatever he wants because he's that good. And now I'm firmly on team. Shut the hell up! What Le'Veon just did was battle back the likes of Mark Madden and that station across the street and all them haters out there and good morning football. He's punching them all in the face and he's keeping them at bay and I'm standing there right next to him and I'm throwing haymakers. I'm biting people in the kneecap. I'm looking Mark Madden dead in the eye and I'm saying, I'm ready for you. Come the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. It's on, Donkey Kong. And now... It's like I just went all Game of Thrones season one. I'm the gold cloaks, and I've turned from Team Stark to Team Cersei right at the last possible moment. Like, bro, we're here. We're at Franchise Tag Day. This story's not going to go away, but it's going to fizzle out a little bit. And you lost one of the only allies you had by tweeting out nonsense like that. LOL, what more do I want to got to do to be wanted? Why can't I freaking talk today? <laughs> that sounded like it was on purpose, but it absolutely was not. I should have had a different word in there. At one point during a break, we were watching baseball, and I said, what did I say, Tom? Do you remember my exact quote? I can't remember. I can't remember it either, but it was something along the lines of Otani came up to bat, that Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim of California in the United States like, of America said, and North America. You said, holy boy, he's got a baseball body. Yep. <laughs> holy boy, he's got a baseball body, and I think for good measure, I tacked on an A at the end. Yeah, you did. You went north of the border at the very end. Holy boy, he's got a baseball body A. That's what I'm working with today. Le'Veon, that's what you missed out on being on your side. I'm so good with the words that I got my own radio show. Mm-hmm. And you had me on your team. And now I'm on the other guy's team, not making any sense for them. Okay. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've read up to and as many as one books on radio. And in that book that I may or may not have read... It says never go into a show and actually want the callers or the listeners or the tweeters to form your opinion for you. Let them be part of the conversation, but don't go into it not knowing how you feel 
and have them control the show. And I believe in that. And that's not what happened today. But what did happen today was I came in having a very reasonable, nuanced view of this situation. Le'Veon's not wrong. The Steelers aren't wrong. The economics of football aren't wrong. Everybody's right. We don't need to get mad. It's all okay. And now Le'Veon gone and all left that up by being a D-bag on Twitter.com. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Jared Wilcox tweets, How you feeling about the Mountaineers as they approach the tournament? Two things. One, can people stop bringing up West Virginia? We'll touch on them briefly tomorrow when we got Bob Huggins. Let him tell you how he feels about the tournament. Number two, of course I don't feel good. How can I feel good? Every time I think they're good, they stink. Every time I think they stink, they're good. They could win the Big 12 tournament. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I would also not be surprised if they lost to Baylor, a team that they've beat twice and by a 1,000 on the road. Gene tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you think Kevin Stallings will be coaching in Pittsburgh next year? Nope. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Mike tweets, Gruden loves Bell. Gruden wants to run the ball a lot. Gruden doesn't like rookies. Gruden loves Bell. (laughs) Did he say Gruden all four times? Yes. And he threw a damn gif up there of Gruden going spider 2Y banana. Hey. Le'Veon, I was trying to be on your side the whole day by looking at this pragmatically. And you've gone effed up. His tweets did irritate me earlier. He had a tweet directed at Good Morning Football where they said Steelers should not sign Le'Veon Bell to long term. And he said, well, let's unleash D'Angelo Williams back on these bitches again. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And all I remember from that was that D'Angelo Williams torched the good morning football people saying they never played the game. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing pisses me off more than when an athlete goes, oh, you can't talk about this because you've never played the game. As if playing football is all that difficult to and understand. It's a sport! Don't talk to me about golf. You've never played the game. Oh, really? Do you have to hit the white ball into the... Tiny asshole. Don't talk to me about basketball. You've never played the game. I've played beer pong basically the same thing. I hate that. Can't stand it. It's as if they think that they are the foreign affairs officer from some great land. Like, F that. It's not difficult to understand. It's not foreign policy. It's not rocket scientist. It's sports. It's effing sports. We're talking about sports. So in two tweets, Le'Veon Bell has turned me off to his ways. And now I'm firmly in Team Steelers. Braden tweets, that underscore Adam Crowley. Do you think WVU can pull out a three-seed if they run the tourney? Braden gets the damn show. 
Up next, the Penguins did not play well, but they still won. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette hops on board to talk. It's the Growly Show. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Hero. I'm on a mission, on a mission, on a mission. And I'm falling like a... The hottest take of the day will be at 640, and it's going to be the hottest take of my life. Do not miss it. Penguins and Flyers tomorrow, so you know we'll be talking a bunch about that in the lead-up. I hate Philadelphia. My God. But I'm scared because the Penguins played well enough to beat Calgary last night. I don't think they played well enough to go into the barn in Philly and beat that hockey team the way that they're playing right now. I don't think Philly's great. I don't think that they're anything special. I think they're ahead of schedule. But you play the way you played last night, you are going to get Philly fisted. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining me now here on the Crowley Show. Mackey, three Penguins defensemen scored last night. They were each on the right side of the defense pairs. Was that strategy or just good luck? Well, maybe a little bit of both, if I can try to sound like Mike Sullivan for a second. I mean, it's strategy in the sense that they want their defensemen to be active in the rush, and they found some opportunities to do so. But, you know, it wasn't like there was a giant uh, weakness on the left side of the ice as far as um, who in the world did they play last night? I don't even know. Calgary. Calgary. Maybe the most forgettable Canadian city, yes? Uh, no, not at all, actually. Oh, um, damn. There are plenty. Of, I mean, if we're going to start talking about Canadian cities, uh, I would put Calgary up there, man. It's a sneaky, sneaky good place. It's not okay. quite Vancouver or Montreal, but it's, you know, it's pretty good in that three-hole there. I, I, forgettable Canadian cities is the definition of Ottawa to me, but I, I like Calgary. Jason, the Penguins last night I didn't think played a good game. Uh, but they were able to come away with the two points. I wrote a blog a couple of days ago talking about how important it is for the Penguins to play well and that maybe the two points aren't the most important thing right now. Obviously, you'd rather win than lose, and you'd rather win when you don't play well, but I don't think the Penguins played well enough to beat a good team like Philadelphia if they were to, say, play that way again tomorrow. You are exactly correct, my friend. And I think that is uh, what is on Mike Sullivan's radar at this point. They're certainly not in the business of turning down two points. It's a competitive race. But if they play that way against Jersey, Philly, Washington, they're going to get smacked around and forget about Boston or Tampa Bay. And they know that. Um, the, the, the two biggest things with me, Adam, right now are for me are just the odd man rushes and the puck management. Yep. And, and the good news is that those things are probably the most easily correctable. But two, they keep happening. And so they need to stop. They need to stop in relatively short order. Um, I was kind of let down by Calgary. I thought they would be a lot better. I thought they would be in a lot better position than they're in. They're not. And the Penguins have a really difficult game tomorrow night in Philly. And if they manage the puck, to your point, the way they did against Calgary, um, they're probably going to get their doors blown off because right now they just don't have the goaltending to make up for it. No, they don't, and I do think that Tristan Jari showed something yesterday by being able to bounce back from what was a difficult performance. A couple, uh, or pardon me, uh, uh, Tristan Jari, sorry, played well a couple of nights ago. Casey DeSmith, I thought, played fairly well last night, but they're not Matt Murray, and we're not going to confuse those guys as Matt Murray. Jason Mackey joining me from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jason, is Chris Letang back? Because I say he is. 
<laughs> yeah, he's uh, – I, I don't know if I would say back, but back. you can start to see his shadow at least. Um, I still think he can play better, and I think Latang does too. Um, one thing that's impressed me about Latang during this recent run, and I think he's a plus nine over his past ten, I want to say. I mean, he, he hasn't been minus in any of those, and that's definitely a good sign with him. But it, just sort of keeping it simple, making the right play. Like, we all know the amazing and dazzling stuff he can do, and he's really avoided doing that. And I, I think that helped him a lot in that he's also not making the – blunders and the stupid plays that we've seen him make sometimes this season, but um, he's just gotten really good at simplifying his game, and now I think from here, we sort of go the direction of ramping up the difficulty a little bit, I think he's ready to start doing that, and I think he's got into a nice little groove, and he's got his confidence back, uh, but, you know, if we're going to say it's Chris Letang back, I'm, I'm not ready to say all the way, uh, but we've certainly seen a lot of signs of progress, and I'm getting less and less emails and less and less questions in chats about, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with Latang? We need to trade him. Oh, my goodness. So that's nice. Why does everyone who email you sound like Mr. Bill? I don't know. Everybody who emails me and asks the question in the chat apparently speaks in falsetto. But <laughs> it's a weird, wonderful world, this Post-Gazette. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Okay. Yeah, I can't keep that up. I will not have a voice by the end of the program. Uh, I can't believe you made it that far. Yeah, oh, that uh, that is painful there. Uh, difficult, difficulty level high there. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette. I'll say it in my real voice there so I have a moment to reset. Joining me on the Crowley Show. Evgeny okay. Malkin's not now got 44 points in his last 26 games. Is it possible for a hockey player to play better than he's playing right now? <laughs> Boy, he... Uh... I'm on my way to Philly right now. Earlier in this drive, Adam, I was doing some long-hearted thinking about the Hart Trophy race and where Malkin sort of stacks up. And, and at this point, I don't see how Evgeny Malkin is not, you know, right in the thick of it with Kucherov or maybe Taylor Hall. And if, if you made me answer who I thought was most deserving at this point, I think it's Evgeny Malkin. So I want to see where everybody sort of finishes, and if the Penguins crater and Malkin stops scoring, then he can take stuff out of it. But, like, let's say they go ahead and win the division, and they do it with Malkin playing the way he is right now. He's your hard trophy winner. I think he at least, you know, in my mind he is anyway. But to answer your question, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is, but I can't imagine how much better somebody could play. And Malkin hasn't just done it for a week. He hasn't just done it for a month. I mean, since the, the turn of the calendar year, he's just been incredible, making his line mates better, um, shooting the puck, playing a more authoritative game than whatever the heck you want to call it that he pulled off last night, knocking the puck out of the air and just flipping it past Jillies. I mean, he is just so dialed in right now, it's scary. He is, and it just doesn't seem like anything he does winds up being a mistake. Uh, last night, as you mentioned, he knocks that puck down and puts it in the net. He gets another three points. He's just insane. And to your heart trophy conversation, he's the Penguins are 18-6-1 in the last 25 games since Evgeny Malkin's gone in this tear. So when the Penguins had their turnaround, he had his turnaround. So I don't think you can separate the two things. Uh, Jason, what do you think about the Penguins' lineup? Uh, obviously, they've been playing better hockey these last two uh, i'd imagine they'll stick with it for a bit yeah i for no other reason than mike sullivan just doesn't mess with the winning lineup 
period. I mean, I don't know if that's like the Irish in him or what. Like, he just won't do it. So until they lose, they're not going to change it. Um, that said, I think a few spots sort of have my attention once they do lose and have to, to make some adjustments. Um, one is Chad Ruedel in that sixth defense spot, and I would stick with Chad Ruedel. I see no reason to put Matt Hunwick back in here at this point. I thought Ruedel was excellent again last night, got a goal. Um, I'd roll with what they have. And the other thing that, that sort of has my attention is the fourth line, um, specifically what you do with Connor Sherry. Do you play him on there? Do you play him somewhere else? Do you scratch him? What do you do? And um, I mean, I wouldn't play Connor Sherry on my fourth line. I think, you know, ideally they need a, a offensive component on that line, but I'm not sure Sherry's your guy. And I wouldn't go Hornquist. I'd probably um, adjust my forward lines a little bit and try to maybe get Brian Russ down there and see if he can add some offense and get that group productive. But I, I just it's an imperfect equation right now with Sherry on the fourth line. He's not adding enough, and he's just kind of out of position. He has more value up with Sid in the top six, in my opinion. And I, I get that, you know, he never scores, so why are you going to put that guy in your top six? But you, you do need to find a way to get him going because you don't have another option. The only line that was a net positive in shot attempts last night was the – Broussard and Kessel line and I think those two are finally starting to get things going together and I don't mind Dominic Simone he plays kind of a simple game so I think that might have actually eased the transition now for Broussard yeah and I know that uh, Simone has been better than Sherry I'll give him that and as far as guys you're going to put on the left side of that line um, I think the Penguins are really happy with what Brian Rust has brought on that right wing with Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin and the speed that line has created so that's sort of why there's a reluctance to move him out of that spot. And so your other option is Jake Gensel. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Sid really wants Gensel with him, and that's probably the best way the Penguins can construct themselves is having Gensel and Sid together. So and that, that leaves Dominic Simone. Dominic Simone or Connor Sherry in that spot, and Simone has been worlds better. Okay. Mackie, I feel like this game tomorrow – is going to get all the emotions going. It's going to hit us in all the feels. I hate Philadelphia maybe more than I love the Penguins, and that is saying something. Uh, I just hope that all the Yinzers can keep their feet under them no matter what happens. I don't think that that's going to be the case, though. <laughs> oh, man. I've been to Philadelphia I don't know how many times now. and you know Nothing compared to other people, but... This is my first time going for a game that, like, actually matters. And I'm pretty psyched about it. I've never seen a game in this building where, like, the Flyers were relevant and really, you know, this was first some marbles. I mean, it's not all the marbles, just like one or two. But uh, this one should have some juice to it, man. I'm excited. I don't think it's going to devolve into, like, a – you know, line balls or, no. or anything super nasty, but I think it should be actually a very good hockey game. But I think the Penguins are acutely aware of how much these two points mean in the scheme of things, and, and it'll be interesting to see that play out tomorrow. Jason, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Obviously, I'm interested in your thoughts on everything. That's why I had you on the show. But it was discussed on the broadcast last night that the Penguins get everybody's quote unquote. A game, And I do think that's true. I think everyone circles the defending cup champs on the schedule. They all want to see if they can stack up with the defending Stanley Cup champs. So the Penguins are getting the other team's best effort, at least, if not the A game. Does that take a toll on a team, or do you think that helps the Penguins get ready for the playoffs? 
I really do. I mean, I, I don't think that you win back-to-back cups and you're Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin and Phil Kessel or, and all these guys that have been through everything they've been through, and you're you're worn down by getting everybody's back. I think it's just, you know, you're so used to it at this point, they probably don't even think about it. You know, they probably don't know what it's like to get somebody's worst. Um, I think they're pretty much accustomed to, at this point to there being no easy game. Um, but you know what, Adam? That's, that's also a cliche. It really is. I mean, when, when we say they get everybody's best and, um, you know, there's no easy games, teams have stinkers. They just stink. I mean, there are games the Penguins will have one or two before the end of the year where just nothing goes right. And it will happen, but – I, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think the Penguins are used to this, and if anything, um, having these competitive games, which they're sure to have down the stretch, I think it, it, it is advantage Penguins every step of the way. There's really not a team in the league that is as locked in and as used to these high-stakes environments as the Penguins have been. Jason, thank you for poo-pooing my idea. I appreciate you taking the time. I'll, I'll poo-poo your ideas anytime, Adam. You the man. Be safe, buddy. Poo poo. Classic. <laughs> he said poo poo. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We will talk a lot about the Flyers and the Penguins tomorrow. Going to see if my boy Wes Euler from Phila. Is that what they say? What's cooler, Phila or Delphia? I'm going to go with Phila. Yeah. No, oh, no, I changed my mind. I'm going Delphia. Are either of those things a thing? No. Not the Fila? No, their jerseys, the Sixers jerseys say Fila on them. They now. do. That's what I thought. Now, they, I guess they say more often than not, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Anyhow, my buddy from Philly, see if he'll join me on the program tomorrow. He's not from Philly, but he lives in Philly, works in radio in Philly, and he hates on them flyer bastards. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day, and it will melt your effing face off. Plus, I think it might be our best edition of other crap ever. I'm incredibly excited for the next segment. It's the Crowley Show. Uh. Yeah. Look. Ain't nothing about a real boy. I done had myself a long night when I hit the hay, man. I'm snoring. She done had herself a couple drinks, so I'm pretty sure that she's sore. I done messed around and I called her Lexi, but I'm pretty sure she's a lawn or a corn. <laughs> but it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll take her home and I'm scoring. And I'm running back and she's cool with that, so it's safe to say that I warned her. And now she want to see the morning. And so Le'Veon Bell rhymed snoring with snoring. But he also said, bring her home and I'm scoring. Turn him off. Turn him off. Le'Veon, that is a little racist name. Little risque. Talk about betting women. Nude women. That is not the kind of value that I want my running back. My running back needs to be a virgin. They should hire Tim Tebow to be their running back. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Have you ever been referred to as scrappy? Has someone ever called you a lunch pail guy? 
Has Deion Sanders ever been surprised by your speed? You might have been a victim of racism. Penn State safety and Mount Lebanon grad Troy Apke showed on Monday that he's one of the fastest players in this year's draft class. Now, I didn't have to say this because he's from Mount Lebanon, but Troy Apke's white. He ran a 4-3-5 40-yard dash. Deion Sanders was impressed. He said, oh man, he can run. Why are you surprised, Deion? To which Sanders replied, you know why I'm surprised. I can't say it on TV, but he can run, run. You don't see that much. Let's call it what it is. I like that. End quote. Whoa! Deion Sanders is impressed because the white kid can run. I cannot stand for this racism any longer. Who's with me? Where are my grinders at? I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day J.J. Watt will be given credit for his athletic ability and not be deemed to have a high motor. I have a dream that Grayson Allen won't always have to get the most out of his abilities. I have a dream that sneaky athletic and gritty will no longer have a place in modern-day lexicon. I have a dream that Kevin Love will be known as a good basketball player and not just a gym rat. I have a dream that Jordy Nelson's deceptive speed will one day just be acknowledged as speed. That winners come in all shapes and colors. I have a dream that Clay Matthews will be more than just a man with a high football IQ. I have a dream that Tom Brady will be a man who does more than play the game the right way. I have a dream that Frank Kaminsky will be known as more than just a heady player. And that Wes Welker will get credit for being more than just a film junkie. Wisconsin basketball, New England Patriots, they don't discriminate. Hell, New England Patriots won the Super Bowl two years ago with a black guy named White. Shame on you, Deion Sanders. For all you hustlers out there, for all you gym rats, for all you high-motor snowflakes who play the game the right way, who are cerebral, are you with me? Who's with me? Britt McHenry? Tommy Lard? Donald? Anybody? That's the hottest take today. That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Transparency to being the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Did I make that all one word just there? I think I did. Transparency being the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I wanted to publish that on my blog at ESPNPGH.com, but was told that I can't. We take too many risks around here. Just you know, Didn't know we had to be softies like everyone else. Here's the reality. That would have gotten taken so much differently if it were in print. Really? He used Martin Luther King to try to paint a picture that white people are being discriminated against? Actually, it's... Not like that at all. Does that drive anyone else crazy, though? Not that 
white people who are athletes get put in a box because that doesn't drive me crazy at all. But that Lamar Jackson is criticized. A lot of people have a problem with that because it sounds like, at the very least, there are racial undertones. And now a bunch of people are saying, well, look, Dion does it. They do it, too. The black people, they get us. They say things about us that we don't like, and they equate the two things as if they're the same at all, as if there aren't hundreds of years of oppression and racism behind one, whereas the other is just a stereotype that I kind of think is true. Am I not allowed to say that white people are slower? Probably not, so I won't. Am I not allowed to say that Tom can't dance because he's white? Probably not, so I won't. When you go after someone's integrity, their moral compass, and their intelligence, that's offensive. And that's what a lot of people have done with Lamar Jackson. Troy Apke is a white guy who ran in a straight line, and Dion said, oh, he ran faster than I thought he could. One's offensive, one's not. If you're offended by one, it should be Lamar Jackson getting the shaft. Woo! Other crap. John Gassaway from ESPN.com says that only eight teams have a chance to win the NCAA tournament. Is that too many or not enough, Brian? Not enough. Too many. I think 67 teams have a chance to win the tournament. That seems about right to me, because yeah. they're all in it. No, there's 68 in it. Radford doesn't have a shot. Oh, come on! Woo! Other crap. Le'Veon Bell said to Billboard.com, which I just learned was a thing, kind of like that movie about the billboards. He said it wasn't even a contract, wasn't even about the contract, this song lyric. Obviously, like when I was first making music, when I said that line, that's how I felt at the time. People weren't like, even my own teammates weren't necessarily posting my music or pushing my music because everybody kind of figured it was a joke. Le'Veon Bell's teammates think his rap is a joke. So I ask this of the audience. Can we, the Crowley Show, make a better rap than Le'Veon Bell, Brian? Hell yeah. Tom? I could see what comes to my mind real quick. Just off the top. Oh, you think you could do it now? Yeah, off the top, something quick. I mean, Brian, you, you, got, beat? A, you got a beat for me? Yeah, I got one. You got here. one ready? Let me pull it up here. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah just put it here. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Brian. I see where you're going with this one. What? 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 This one's for you, Bell. Uh. Bell said he gonna need 15 mil. Steelers, when are you gonna give your man that deal? Uh. 26 beating up Sundays like it's a meal. Bell, 15 million? Well, that's just a straight up steal. Yeah. Uh. Let it ride out now. Mm. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Third down conversions. Uh. Patience in the hole. Catching it out of the... That's all the beat I got. Backfield. So what do you think? Yeah, we're better than Lavia. Oh, absolutely. That was 
May I even dare say that was fire? Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Was it diesel gas? It was diesel gas indeed. <laughs> was it Coke Zero? <laughs> what the hell does that it even mean? Not. Woo! Other crap. Canelo Alvarez tested positive for a banned substance. His promoter said it was from contaminated meat. Are you telling me he took a meat injection? Woo! Other crap. It's so disorganized. We had a meeting about this. Where did my last other crap go? I had one. It was all ready to rock. And I lost it. Oh, I got one for you. Woo! Other crap. A Massachusetts high school girls team won a playoff basketball game by 86 points. You got a problem with that, Tom? Who are they playing, Pitt? So here's what happened here on the show. Transparency, the number one virtue. I was so excited about this segment. Tom's rap was great. My hot take was fabulous off the top. But our headphone jack in the other studio is all messed up. I think that that station across the street sabotaging us because we actually have fun around here. So Tom couldn't hit his bed for the sick beat and also hear the sick beat at the same time. So Brian had to sit in the other room while Tom sat in here, which led to some confusion. Then I forgot we added another crap. And it really all just went to hell. I feel like I need another Tom pep talk. I feel like the show slipped in the last two minutes. I feel like we need to end this show on a run. It didn't slip, baby. You still got it. In sight. Everything's in sight. Just just drive it to the hole. Get fouled if you need to. And make your free throws. Bring it home. I can do it! Yeah, you can. The Flyers are coming to town tomorrow. No, they're not. Penguins are going to Philly. Tom, help me. Just end it. Punt. Do I take the L? Take it. Like Pitt has, because it's been 381 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. We're not supposed to end the show.